Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning. Hi, beloved family. How are you? I pray you're doing well. I know I sound like a broken record, but I always pray you're doing well. We need to pray for each other, and we need to do well in the midst of a crazy world at the moment. Um, I think it's going to get worse um, before it gets better. Will it get better? It will, because Our Lady's Immaculate Heart will triumph. Our Lord will create a new heavens and an earth. We won't be here for that, but it will get better. And our Lord will be glorified. Um, And so all is well. We, his chosen ones, um, if you truly believe, if you are truly in the Catholic Church, the one holy, apostolic, and Catholic Church that he founded, there is no salvation outside the church. If you're, if you're Christian and you're not Catholic, you are saved through the Catholic Church. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. To come through the church is to come by him. There is no other way. It is not a man-made institution. It is of God. And I, I think back to my becoming Catholic and how many of my Protestant friends said, are, are, you, are, you, are you ready to leave the church now with all the pre-scandal and everything else? And I said, there's no way. There's no way. I spent five years of my life um, in utter agony to find out if this was the true church. Protestantism has split over, oh, now well over 40,000 times in a little more than 500 years against one's Catholic church that has stood for 2,000 with the likes of us in it. It would have split a million times if it were a man-made institution, but it's not. It is the church Christ established that he promised <clears throat> to lead into all truth till the end of time, even though we have tremendous confusion today, even coming from the top, from the Vatican, the faith does not change. Truth is immutable. It cannot change. And this is the church um, that uh, our Lord will lead into all truth till the end of time and against which the gates of hell will not prevail. If you are Catholic, you're in the right place. However, if you are not practicing your faith, if you're living in sin for any reason whatsoever, if you're remarried and your first or tenth marriage has not been annulled, um, if you're practicing contraception, that is mortal sin, you are separated from God and you have excommunicated yourself from the church if you're practicing contraception. You need to go to confession. You must not receive communion until you have been absolved, and you need to stop that practice. If you go to confession because you've been practicing contraception and you continue, you intend to continue to practice it, the grace of that confession will not touch your soul, no matter what the priest says, until you repent. You must not practice contraception. You can live as brother and sister. You can practice um, 
what's called NFP, Natural Family Planning, which I I, I really regret the name. It should be um, Natural Planning, Natural Family Procreation, NFP. We don't plan our families. We live as holy married people and let God have the outcome. And if we do not want children, then we don't come together intimately. And if we have a serious financial or serious uh, medical issue or mental issue or whatever it is, um, then we can practice an FP. NFP is not to be practiced with a new couple who gets married and wants to save for a home. That is sin. You do not practice that. You need to be open to life. Um, I don't know what got me onto this this morning, but um, I think um, maybe I pray the Holy Spirit and whoever's listening maybe um, um, could use a message like that. I pray so. I pray so, beloved. Um, we are going back to our book on This is the Faith. That's where we left off. And we're on Chapter 7 <clears throat> by France, Ken Francis Ripley. And it's uh, the whole chapter's on sin. And we are up to the subtitle of The Horror of Sin. And the question begins, just how terrible mortal sin is can be judged from the following. Number one. Mortal sin, mortal means death, separates the soul from God. You are spiritually dead. And if you, this is my comment, if you die in a state of mortal sin, you will spend eternity in hell, no matter what good you've done. We don't go to heaven by doing good. We go to heaven by living God's law, by obedience, by love. Um, Mortal sin is a supreme contempt for the infinite majesty of God. And you say, well, no, it's just that we don't have enough money or, you know, we're going to practice contraception. We can't, you know, uh, my husband, you know, he's not going to practice natural family planning. What do we do? Well, you either uh, refuse to be intimate during that time um, or, uh, or my wife doesn't want to do that, whatever it is, um, or you just make a decision to not practice, to not withdraw during your most fertile times. That's what natural family planning is, to keep track of your system and to withdraw, refrain from intimacy during your most fertile times. And those are the times husbands and wives can come together and pray and renew the marriage vows um, spiritually and emotionally. Um, you could say, well, it's our first time that we've done this. Uh, that's all it takes is one. That's all it took was one sin for Adam and Eve to plunge the whole human race into, into uh, sin. <clears throat> And you say, well, I don't have contempt for the infinite majesty of God. You do if you commit mortal sin. Well, what if I didn't know it was mortal sin? Then it's not mortal. In order for sin to be mortal, there are three factors. Number one, it must be grave. Contraception is always grave, no matter the circumstances. It is grave. It is contra, against conception, against God's design for intimacy in the body, against it. It's always grave. 
So number one, it must be grave. Secondly, you must know it is grave and that if you uh, proceed of your own free will, you will commit um, mortal sin. You will separate yourself from God. In effect, you'll be excommunicated apart from a good um, uh, confession with a priest to restore you. You are excommunicating yourself. That's what it is outside the church. If you're away from Christ, you're outside the church. And thirdly, you must do it of your own free will. In other words, it's not a gun to your head. If, there's, if you have intimacy with a man or a woman and there's a gun to your head, that's not mortal sin because you had no control over that. And, but if you do it of your own free will, it is a supreme contempt for the infinite majesty of God. Mother Teresa used to say, um, you, you, uh, oh, now I have to remember, it was about abortion. And she said, you commit any act of selfishness that you may do what you want. It's against God, always. The creature despises, Canon Ripley says, the creature despises the laws the creator has made for him and laughs him to scorn. The grievous sinner would kill God if he could. for God and sin cannot exist close together. You want to do what you want to do, forget God. You just as soon put a knife through him were that possible. Canon Ripley says, those who live in grave sin act as if God did not exist. Infinite love, power, goodness, wisdom, and mercy could be dead as far as the grave sinner is concerned. He's not interested. Yet God has already shown how he hates sin by subjecting all the children of Adam to the evils of life and to death, by permitting the deluge, the flood, by destroying Sodom and Gomorrah because of their homosexuality, by slaying 23,000 idolatrous Israelites who began to worship man-made gods, and by suffering so much himself after the Incarnation. Secondly, it was sin which caused the sufferings of Christ, the agony, the scourging, the crowning with thorns, the crucifixion. Sinners crucify Christ all over again, mocking him and his love. Mortal sin is the deepest, blackest ingratitude to the loving heart of Christ. And if you're listening and you say, you know, I... I'm not listening to this man-made church. I'm not listening to that. I do practice contraception, and I never knew otherwise, and I'm going to continue. Who do you think you are? Well, I'll tell you who I am. I'm a child of God, and one for whom he died and established his church to lead us to heaven. If you continue, you may not have known it before. If you don't know it, if you didn't know it, you were not in mortal sin, but now you know it. And if you continue and you do not confess prior to receiving communion, um, then if you die, you will be in hell for eternity because you've chosen what you want, and in doing that, you despise God. Uh, There's the music, dear ones, for our first break. Um, We are going to continue this when we come back and take your calls and your emails Uh, during our second half hour and uh, call in with anything on your heart. Our lines are wide open, toll-free 1-877-511-5483 or email. 
Gospels record many instances of our Lord going off to a secluded place to pray, so we can be sure that finding a quiet place for prayer is vital for us as well. Located in the serene setting of Cranberry, Pennsylvania, the St. Thomas More House of Prayer is the perfect place to deepen your prayer life or to hold a group retreat. The St. Thomas More House of Prayer is a Catholic retreat center whose mission is to pray the Liturgy of the Hours and spread this beautiful prayer of the Church. Book a visit or learn more by going to liturgyofthehours.org or call us at 814-676-1910. That's 814-676-1910. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show. We're happy to be with you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We strive to keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and a look at the breaking news of the day. Join us on the Catholic Drive Time Show every weekday morning at 7 a.m. across the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. That's every weekday morning at 7 a.m. We look forward to seeing you there. God love you. Do you love listening to the Station of the Cross on your car radio, but sometimes find yourself driving outside the listening area? Never miss another minute of your favorite show. Download the iCatholic Radio app so you can listen anywhere in the world 24 hours a day. The iCatholic Radio app is available for your phone in the Apple Store or for your Android phone in Google Play. Visit thestationofthecross.com for more information. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are live, and we're going to take your calls in about 15 minutes, your calls, your emails, anything at all on your heart. And the toll-free number, one 511 5483 or email at mother at We're talking about the horrors of sin in Canon Ripley's This is the Faith, and point three, about mortal sin, mortal sin is the deepest, blackest ingratitude to the loving heart of Christ. It deforms the souls of men, destroying all the spiritual beauty that is in them. It makes the soul bankrupt by robbing it of all past merit. It paralyzes the soul because the soul is then unable to gain supernatural merit from any good works done while in the state of mortal sin. In fact, mortal sin kills the soul by taking away from it all supernatural or spiritual life. A man in grievous sin ceases to be the temple of the Holy Trinity, a sharer in the divine nature and a spiritual brother of Christ. If a man has committed mortal sin, his body is but a living coffin for a supernaturally dead soul. 
and if he dies unrepentant, he will be condemned to the living death of hell for all eternity. Bishop Barron, are you listening to this? In a word, mortal sin is the greatest of all evils. When St. Louis of France was a boy, his mother, Blanche of Castile, once said, You are as dear to me as any son could be to any mother. Yet I would rather see you lying dead at my feet than that you should ever commit a mortal sin, end quote. Later in life, the king himself remarked on one occasion to a friend who said he would prefer to commit a serious sin if by it he could avoid leprosy. St. Louis said, you are wrong. Nothing's more to be dreaded than to displease God. When Leonardo da Vinci was painting his famous picture of the Last Supper, he took as his model for our Lord. Oh, I think I read this story before. This is just awful, just awful. When Leonardo da da Vinci was painting his famous picture of the Last Supper, he took as his model for our Lord a young choir boy of Milan Cathedral, Pietro Bandinelli. Years later, da Vinci was looking for a model for the face of Judas. In the streets of Rome, he came across a man whose hardened eyes and vice-lined countenance struck him as being ideal for his purpose. On being asked to sit in the studio, this new model said, of course, you have already painted me once before. I am Pietro Bandinelli. Isn't that awful? Whether the story be true or not, it certainly brings out the fact that whereas the state of grace makes one like to Christ, that of mortal sin makes him like to Judas. Um, The divisions of sin. I think I'm going over this, beloved. Uh, We may have come to this part before as I recognize the story, but it's been so long since we've been in the book. I'll just go through it quickly. Sin may be original or actual. An actual sin may be mortal or venial. Original sin is the sinful condition in which men are born and which we inherit from our first parents, Adam and Eve. When Adam fell by deliberately sinning against God, he plunged the whole human race into a state of guilt. In fact, he was the human race. His was not only a personal sin, but a racial, a family sin. The effects of sin of Adam... The effects of the sin of Adam for his descendants were as follows. One, in the soul, there was a loss of divine grace, privation from heaven, ignorance in the intellect, weakness and malice in the will, concupiscence in the heart. Secondly, the effects of sin were in the body. There was the loss of man's extraordinary natural gifts, plus the new conditions of work, sickness, death, and corruption. Thirdly, there were the effects of sin on earth. There was unfruitful soul, which had to be tilled. Some of the animals were now ferocious and beyond control. I've said before, the only proof I need of the fall is a mosquito. That's all I need. God did not create anybody or anything to feed on us. 
The sin committed by Adam was the sin of disobedience when he ate the forbidden fruit. His story can be read in the book of Genesis. To a man who denied he was born in original sin, G.K. Chesterton replied, The only thing you know about original innocence is that you never had it. The Church has declared that Catholics may not call into doubt the literal meaning of the book of Genesis with regard to the original happiness of our first parents, the command given by God to test their obedience, their disobedience of this command at the instigation of the devil, and the loss of their primitive state of innocence. St. Paul in his epistle to the Romans clearly teaches the doctrine of original sin. Quote, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into this world, and by sin death, and so death passed upon all men, in whom all have sinned. For as by the disobedience of one man, Adam, many were made sinners, so also by the obedience of one, Christ, many shall be made just. Original sin does not imply any injustice on the part of God, for it does not injure man in anything that is natural to him. Adam, it is true, um, Adam lost all his supernatural and preternatural gifts, not only for himself but for us, his descendants as well. But those gifts were neither his nor ours by right of our nature. God only gave them to him gratuitously on the one condition that Adam was to obey his commandment. As Father C.C. Martindale, S.J., says so well, quote, original sin is not an evil bias, a tendency to wrong, a taint in spirit or in flesh, a corruption of any part of human nature as such. Concupiscence, the natural activity of incense, of instincts, I'm sorry, concupiscence, the natural activity of instincts or passions not subordinate to reason is not original sin, but a consequence of it, even though it may lead often enough to actual sin. All men, except Our Lady, come into this world deprived of that sanctity and justice God intended them to have. It is precisely in this deprivation that original sin exists. It is a true sin, one which we inherit but do not ourselves commit. It is voluntary in us, only because physically we were included in Adam. In that, he and we formed one family. He could represent us, and God appointed him to represent us. Adam held the special gifts God gave him in trust for himself and all his descendants, just as a peer, a lord in the English government, um, may hold his title and um, emoluments for himself and his descendants. Hence, our whole race stood or fell with Adam. He, in fact, failed and all mankind were thus involved in his loss. Actual sins are the sins we ourselves commit, not original sin. Actual sins are the sins we ourselves commit. 
They may be thoughts, desires, words, deeds, or omission. Actual sin is divided into mortal sin and venial sin. Mortal sin is so grave that through it, God's love and friendship are lost together with the life of grace in the soul, God's life that is given to us and which is called sanctifying grace. Mortal comes from the Latin word mors, which means death. It is also called, excuse me, it is so called because it kills the soul by depriving it of sanctifying grace or supernatural life. As the soul is the life of the body, and without a soul a body is dead in the sight of men, so grace is the life of the soul, and without grace the soul is dead in the sight of God. In order for a sin to be mortal, the following conditions must be fulfilled. Number one, as we said earlier, grave matter. The sin must be grave, which has three considerations. One, the nature of the sin in itself is grave, such as murder, a large theft, willful impurity. Secondly, the nature of the sin in the purpose of the law is grave, that is, receiving Holy Communion after breaking one's fast. I can't tell you how many people I see at church chewing gum or having some kind of um, candy in their mouth and then receiving communion. That's mortal sin. We need to keep an hour fast before receiving Holy Communion. And you say, I never knew that. Okay, then it's not mortal for you. You must know it. Now you know it. The next time you, if you do it, if you choose to do it, you are in mortal sin. And if you forget and you put gum in your mouth or candy or something else during Mass, simply don't go up for communion. And thirdly, the nature of the sin in its circumstances is grave. That is, stealing a small sum of money from a very poor person. That is a grave sin, grave matter. So first, um, for a sin to be mortal, it must be grave matter. Secondly, there must be knowledge and advertence. There must be knowledge that the matter is grave. Willful ignorance will not excuse a person from the gravity of mortal sin or of the seriousness of a venial sin. Willful ignorance will not excuse a person from the gravity of mortal sin. And thirdly, full consent. There must be full consent by the sinner to do the sin or to enter into the occasion occasion of it. If one of the above conditions is absent or if the act to be done under compulsion or grave fear that would otherwise be a mortal sin may become only a venial sin at most. So if you're committing what would be a mortal sin, but under tremendous compulsion, or um, not compulsion, but um, um, yes, compulsion or grave fear. Again, if if someone's holding a, a knife to you, or think of another example, you know it's grave, but you do it out of utter fear for your life. Um, then it's no longer mortal because you didn't do it of your free will. Beloved, 
There's the music for our second break. We'll have a whole half hour when we come back. Our lines are wide open. You're free to call in or text. In the New Testament's first letter of St. John, chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, we read, And we have this confidence in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in regard to whatever we ask, we know that what we have asked Him for is ours. It's incredible to realize how much God loves us, what He has promised us, and what He'll give us through our trust in Him. Have you prayed for the Station of the Cross today? We would be grateful. If you would remember us each day in your prayers, whether it's the Most Holy Rosary of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, the Liturgy of the Hours, the Most Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, or any other prayers you pray throughout the day, please also pray for the intentions of your fellow Catholic radio listeners. It's so important for us to remember to keep one another in prayer. beloved this is mother miriam host of mother miriam live like the catholic current and the many other programs that originate from the station of the cross divine mercy in my soul is all about the messages that jesus revealed to saint faustina it is aired every sunday morning at 11 eastern and tuesday nights at 8 p.m or you can listen anytime to divine mercy in my soul on the iCatholic radio mobile app You can listen to any of our network-produced programs at your convenience, wherever you enjoy podcasts. Hear a powerful sermon you need to share with a loved one? Maybe there's a guest or teaching segment that deserves another listen. You can find all of our shows on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, our website, and the free iCatholic Radio app. Be uplifted in your faith. Listen today at thestationofthecross.com or on your favorite podcasting platform. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved. Um, we are here for a whole half hour. Um, uh, let me just see now. Yes, a whole half hour to take your calls and your texts and your emails. Our toll-free number, again, one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Um, James, my dearest brother, are you there for our calls and emails? I am here, and thanks for having me back, Mother. It's good to be with you again. I love your being with me. So let's kick uh, kick things off this morning with a call from Jerry in Michigan. And Jerry has been patiently waiting uh, through the last segment on the line here. So thanks so much for holding with us, Jerry, and welcome to the program. Thank you very much. Hi, Jerry. Hi, Mother. Hi, sweetheart. What's your question, dear? Well, um, my question starts with a comment that whenever I talk about my guardian angel or angels, um, I get some smirks and whatnot. But you get I, what? My guardian, my guardian angel is exhausted at this point in her or his life because they have saved me from many events that could have ended my life here on Earth. 
Um, <clears throat> so I, I, you know, I have a guardian angel back in my room. I pray to, and I consider it to be a she. I don't know if that's appropriate or not. But um, my question is, can the guardian angels ever be influenced by the devil? No. No, they cannot. Um, they, the angels that fell with Satan when he fell and took a third of the angels with them were sealed in their disobedience, and the remainder of angels were sealed in their obedience. No, they cannot be tempted by the devil. Wonderful. And also, Jerry, they cannot be exhausted. They... <laughs> They are with you from the moment you're in your mother's womb. And if you live to be 500 years old and you cause them uh, a lot of work, they will not be exhausted. They will be with you. Okay. <laughs> okay, honey. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. I think your guardian angel is very pleased that you believe in your guardian, that you believe in him or her, and that... Um, and that you're aware that 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 they, he has done so much for you. That's very good. Now, can guardian angels, or are there female or she? You know, guardian? I, I don't, I don't know that. I, um, you know, I, 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 I want to say I tend to think they all. They're spirits. They're not male or female. They're not human beings. They're spirits. And so they appear um, as human beings. When they appear to someone, uh, they take on an appearance, but, th- but they're, in, they're spirits, they're invisible. They're not men or women, male or female, but they can appear as such. Okay. I'll okay. keep to <laughs> uh, Okay, bless you, dear one. God bless you, honey. All right, so let's go to another call. This is John in Kentucky. John is a regular caller, and John has a question about sin. So uh, welcome back to the program, John. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Yes, uh, me too, John. Happy, f- f- glad you called. Um, mother, the, a couple of days ago you talked about how we are all sinners, and I agree with it 100% everything that you said. And first of all, I'll I'll just say it out loud. I know all about deadly sin. And uh, one of the problems that I had uh, before my real conversion is that so many people, clergy, all all people, I think they really uh, abused the saying, well, we're all sinners, you know, so don't worry about it. And they never made the distinction between venial and mortal sin and so on. And I just felt like I should call in. I'm sure that you probably already addressed that. But we're all sinners, yes. But some of us are repentant. And I don't think that people are being called to repentance. They just say, well, we're all sinners, you know. So, you know, don't worry about it. So I well, you, you're going to worry in hell if you don't worry about it on earth. You're right, John. <clears throat> yes, we're all sinners. We're all born into original sin. Every single one of us has committed actual sin. Um, but that we must repent. There's no heaven for those who don't repent. Well, what about venial sin? There's no heaven even for venial sin if you're not forgiven. 
You can't just live through life and commit venial sin and not be forgiven. At the at the beginning of every Holy Mass, um, we say an act of contrition, and we are forgiven for venial sin at the beginning of e- each Mass. But but you but you need to bring that up to God and ask Him through that um, uh, moment that you you need to repent of that sin before God and then let the absolution come from the priest even at mass we can't if we live in venial sin there's no heaven for us we must repent whether it's venial or mortal yeah. and why it's yeah, not I, mentioned today john is because our clergy for the most part have abandoned us even at the pulpit they've I, abandoned I, us why i called in it's it's just so terrible Yes. That they never mention it at mass, and it was for decades. Decades I went through this. You know, I, know. I thought, well, mm-hmm. what? You know, what, what? What don't I understand about this? I mean, mm-hmm. you, you're telling me a sinner. I know that, but you know, they were beating me over the <laughs> head with, uh, "Hey, you need to repent, John." That's yeah, right. So I, I always tease with people and say, "Repentance is my drug of choice now." So oh, you know, there's nothing um, good. That, that's right. Very good. Better. There's nothing better to make a person feel a, a better than repentance. It's all well, about repentance. feel better. But the fact is, um, uh, if you've committed mortal sin and separated yourself from God, you meaning anybody, um, everything you've done, all the merits of you, all the good you've done before that is erased, erased. And when you come back from God, you start from scratch. Please still come back to God, but you start from scratch. Mortal sin is huge. And again, you know, people say, well, I told a little white lie. Well, I did this. Well, I did that. Well, if it's not, if you don't repent from it, uh, there's no heaven. We cannot stand before God with one sin on our soul, not one. That's right, and then now you could segue into purgatory. But <laughs> well, that's what see purgatory um, is for forgiven sin, not for unforgiven sin. Purgatory, if we commit sin and we're not forgiven for it, this side of heaven, there's no heaven for us. Purgatory is for forgiven sin for those who have not. Uh, completed the penance for the temporal effects of our sin. When we are forgiven in confession and we are absolved, we are um, reunited with God. And um, that has, the fact of Christ's death has taken care of the separation between us and God for all eternity. And when we we, we confess our sins, we're reunited with God. But we need to... Um, do acts of rep- we need to repair the effects of our sin that we've committed on earth take Zacchaeus up in the tree um, was he forgiven because uh, Jesus just happened to walk along the road and said Zacchaeus I see you come down I'm going to eat at your house today no no that was prior to the cross he was forgiven like everyone in the Old Testament was forgiven prior to the cross but in light of the cross from adam and eve on no one is
And Mother is just having some technical difficulties here, John. But anything else you want to add into here uh, while we try and get Mother back? No, it's that's okay. She's answering my question. Thank you very much, and God bless you. Thanks, John. God bless you as well. Mother, do we have you back with us yet? No, we do not. Okay, so I think Mother can hear you. We're going to have a break coming in about four minutes here. So this is going to be Charles in Ontario, Canada. So Charles, Mother is listening to you. She can hear your question, and welcome to the show. Hello? Charles, do we have you with us? Hello? Hi, Charles. Welcome to the program. It's Carl. It's Carl from Ontario, Canada. How are you today, Charles? It's, you got my name wrong. It's Carl. Carl. Myself. Oh, okay, Carl. Well, Carl, welcome to the program, and how are you this morning? Oh, not bad, not bad. <laughs> I appreciate uh, taking my call. Sure, thanks, thanks for calling in. Yes, she's a remarkable uh, woman, Mother Miriam. My problem is, I'm sixty. I'm going to be sixty-eight years old this August. I married late. I inherited four stepchildren. None of them go to church from day one. I prayed about it, prayed constantly about it, and. Uh, to no avail. Once had two abortions, one uh, currently now, two of currently now living in sin, and uh, I'm worried about their salvation. I'm worried about my two nephews and nieces, uh, and my niece, they're young. They don't go to church or any of that thing. And if you say they do, you're. Uh, yeah, you're convicted of uh, imposing your faith and stuff like that. Um, it's bad up here in Canada. Sure. Terrible atheist country, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, I had a priest there in the time of COVID lockdown. Uh, I searched for places to go to church, and I went to the uh, church community of the town. I talked to a priest friend of mine, and he says, uh, uh, you're using it as an idol. It's, uh, that, that's the limit of it. It's, it's that. And, uh, it's frustrating. Well, we're sorry to hear that. You know, we've gotten a lot of calls from people up in Canada who are really disappointed about the situation there uh, in various dioceses all over Canada, actually. So we're really sorry to hear that. But it's more common, unfortunately, than we'd like to think. Yeah. Well, God bless you, Charles. I appreciate your call. And Mother, do we have you back with us? Yes, I'm back. Uh, Charles, uh, do, would you like a chance to speak with Mother here? And another, Carl, I can, forgive me, goodness. But anyways, Hi, we do have Mother with us. Hi, yes. how are you? Hi, sweetheart. Thank you. Can you hear my call? As I said to uh, the screen, I, I married late. I inherited four stepchildren. Now I'm going to church. The wife's a soft Catholic. And if she goes to me on Sunday, she won't say the rosary with me. Her free will, I respect people's free will. I can't uh, force myself to, for her to say the rosary. And I think it would help her marry or stuff like that, but she's not interested. She'll marry tonight. And, uh, for, uh, for the, the, 
kids and uh, loved ones. It's just, I'm saying, make a long story short, I'm praying a lot. And the results that are, are showing up and I'm frustrated. And to top it off, I like to receive fear of the tongue. I was told by a priest that you're uh, using it as an idol. Uh, now, I didn't understand your last point. Um, no. you, but you know what, dear Charles? Hold on a moment. Can you hang on till after the break? Okay. Okay, I got everything you said before the last point about an idol. So we'll be right back and, and you'll repeat it. Okay, hold on. And everyone else, it'll be our last segment. You're welcome to call in with anything on your heart. Toll free 1 877 511 5483. Or text at that number as well, or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We'll be right back. Prayer of Deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. The Station of the Cross is listener-funded, and we value your ongoing generosity. In this fast-paced world, it's easy to let your reoccurring donation slip due to something like a new address or a card number change. If you suspect that we do not have your up-to-date donor information, you can check with us during regular business hours at 1-877-888-6279, extension 104, or anytime online at thestationofthecross.com. Thank you. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener-supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. Thank you for your continued support, and may God bless you and your family. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved 
to Mother Miriam Live. This is our final segment, and our lines are still open. You're welcome to call in with anything on your heart or text at one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. Um, Carl, are you still on the line, dear one? Yes, I am. All right. Thanks for holding on. And we had some kind of um, technical glitch here, so I didn't uh, get you at the beginning of your call. But mm-hmm. you were talking about, if I recall, that your wife. Um, well, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. That you're Catholic. Why is it, yeah. Your wife, as you said, a soft Catholic and won't pray Not the rosary Catholic, with you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What else, dear? What else? And she's got four stepchildren. I'm a little church. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I suggested it to them. They, they uh, completely dismissed me. One has had two abortions. I found out you never told us. And, uh, and two of them now living in sin. And uh, I pray for them constantly. And it's time to show for it. And, uh, to listen to, to listen to you there, God, is there any hope for anyone to get to heaven? Okay, there's always hope, prayer. sweetheart. Uh, go ahead with what you were going to say. My finish. Okay, there's always hope, Carl. In fact, um, to lose hope is mortal sin. To lose hope is to despair, and that is mortal sin itself, because to lose hope is to deny God. Nothing's impossible for God, dear one. How long are you married to this woman? Uh, 18 years. Were you practicing your faith when you married? Yes, yes, I've been practicing my faith. It's subtle, but I, I, I thought I did my best. That way, right. Only right, and your wife was not Catholic when you married her, or not a practicing Catholic? She was Catholic, but a fallen away Catholic. Was she fallen away when you married her? Once I married her, she, once she started going out together, she started going back to church. Okay. Um... The only thing I can suggest, Carl, she did not apparently raise her four children Catholic. She's not been a strong Catholic herself. And you're you're telling me that your faith is strong, right, Carl? Well, I think so. I hope so. Good. And you're at church every Sunday? Yes. Uh, but your wife is not? Well, no, I... I, I don't think she is. Okay. All right, sweetheart. I think the hope is you. You will be the savior, the human savior of your family, dear Carl. Um, don't be frustrated because they'll see that. And if we ever feel that God is frustrated with us, uh, we'll hide from him like Adam and Eve did. Um, and so... Uh, don't let your wife feel your frustration. Let her feel your love. Without a word, let her see the example of a holy life, of a husband who truly believes in God, who would never miss Mass on Sunday, who goes to confession on a regular basis, maybe no less than once a month, something like that, and who loves her and that is moral and upright in all your dealings 
and and your speech is full of kindness and all of that. So um, that may take a lot of effort on your part if it's not been your natural way of living together. But you have um, you have time as long as you have breath and your wife has breath to let God work through you to convert her soul, which is her only hope. Um, if she dies now, she's going to, uh, it doesn't sound like she's on her way to heaven. Um, and so you are God's instrument, dear Carl. Expect absolutely nothing from your wife. Expect nothing from her. She needs to know that if she never changes, you will not love her less. And if she becomes a saint, you will not love her more. She needs to know that God is not between the two of you, but that you are um, really, um, without calling it, a living uh, saint in the house, just by loving her, by your kindness, by assisting her with the chores in the house, um, and do the same thing with her children. Don't moralize with them. When you can, when you have opportunity, you can say, you know, I'm not giving you my opinion, but I just want you to know uh, honey, if you miss church on Sunday and, you, and you're Catholic, uh, the church says that's mortal sin. We must go. And of course, if we've committed sin, we simply need to go to confession before in order to receive the Eucharist. Um, but whether we receive our Lord or not in the Eucharist, we need to be at church every Sunday. That's what our, our Heavenly Papa has told us, our Father has told us. So when you can... Um, speak lovingly to her and um, you're going to have to keep that up 24-7 and let your um, unexplicable life all of a sudden really let God penetrate her heart by that okay 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 Carl so forget frustration forget anger forget disappointment Forget any expectation at all. Don't even expect her to react to your love and kindness. Don't expect it. Do it for love of her soul and never stop. As long as you do that, you um, can be a powerful instrument uh, for God. Just by your love and your kindness um, and you're not being frustrated and you're not criticizing, just by that, your love and your kindness and showing her that you love her uh, regardless of what she does or what she believes. That that will probably convert her, by God's grace. Okay, I'm sorry. All right, sweetheart. Thanks for calling in, Carl. God bless you. And that was uh, Carl, not Charles, in Canada. So thanks again for that call today, Carl. We appreciate it. Yes, I think, James... Um, I'm just going to tell a little story rather the it's it's we just have two minutes left. Uh, let me just tell a little story in that time rather than taking another email. Um, and, and I've told this before. It's a um, it's a and, uh, Carl's call reminded me of it. Um, uh, it's a story of a, um, um, a maid in a hotel in England or someplace, I don't remember, but she was a poor woman and she was kind of treated and spoken to as if she were a slave. Um, she carried the water pans for everybody, carried their luggage in the hotel. <clears throat> 
And one day a man came in dressed in a nice suit and all that, registered the hotel, <clears throat> and he wouldn't let her carry his luggage. Instead, he carried her water pails to where she needed to be. And he stayed there a week, or I don't know how long, and um, he was so kind to her. His look, his expression, his smile, his actions, that the day he checked out, um, again, he, I think he gave her a little parting gift or just something and said, thank you for all that she's done. And he walked out the door and she ran after him. Carl, I hope you're listening there, one. Um, she ran after him out the door. And she said, sir, sir. Uh, and he turned around and she said, excuse me, sir. Um, are you him? Are you Christ? You see, Carl and me and everybody, we need to be little Christ to a hurting and broken world, a world that's turned from God, and they have no idea of the beauty and the freedom and the forgiveness that is there for them. It is through our love and our lives that will bring them to the Savior and to heaven. God bless all of you, and we'll speak with you tomorrow, God willing.